Catch Bill O'Reilly in the O'Reilly Update tonight at 7.58, and 9.58. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. The first interview in America with Jude Warren, the author. Today is the launch of her book, America the Band, the first ever authorized biography. And it comes at the time of the 50th anniversary of the band America. And I apologized off-air uh, to, to Jude because we should have done a whole hour. I, I'm, I'm regretting it, and I asked Jude if she would come back, and she says she will. So we're not going to be able to cover everything I wanted to cover today, but let's make these 11 minutes count. In terms of um, what I mentioned about my brother, he loves it when an author digs deep and learns about what lyrics mean and the story behind it. And I mean, because I always was curious about things like... Um, uh, and we're going to talk about it, and you broke it all down, uh, Horse With No Name, and you break down the first part of the journey, the beginning of the song, and all that. I want to get into that. If, if you're thinking about other groups like Chicago 25 or 624, what the heck is that? What's question 67 and 68, and why isn't 66 or 69 as important? I mean, I just I love to learn about these things. So the book begins with the first part of of the journey i won't dare try to sing it uh you broke it all down didn't you yes that's really how um how the story starts out but that's really what captivated me too i think um and i based a lot of my proposal around that and i think jerry and you responded well to that um i kind of see that song which obviously resonated with so many people in 72 when it was released and up through now um just the the resonance of, of that song, the message that's in there, to me, seems to be a bit um, a, a torchbearer version of the 60s ethos and the love, peace, and happiness thing that had gotten started. Um, and the horse kind of, to me, tells the story of, of what's where that's going to go. Um, and the writer in that song seems to be, you know, trying to get out of the rain, trying to get out of the hard times of the, the end of the 60s um, and into uh, some better kind of u- utopia, which uh, part of what uh, the 60s was trying to do anyway, but you can argue that it didn't um, go over 100%, but um, America tried to carry that forward in their song, the ideology anyway. Jude, I know that Jerry did a lot of writing. Uh, is Horse With No Name? I know obviously it features Dewey Bunnell vocal-wise and great harmonies too, but uh, did Dewey Bunnell write that song or did Jerry Beckley write that song? Dewey did write Horse, um, but Jerry and Dan had a lot to do with the arranging and the arranging of the vocals and um, that beautiful, the guitar parts um, and the la-la-la chorus. And, of course, the um, the harmony is, is such a big part of that song. Yeah, there's no doubt. And you really feathered right into the question that I wanted to follow up with. Here's three young men from military families. They all meet in London, and they form this trio, America, the band. What did each of them bring to the table? Well, I kind of view it as, um, if you think about the 60s into the 70s being peace, love, and rock and roll, they kind of represent that to me, where a lot of Jerry's writing is very romantic, um, kind of in the uh, traditional style of ballad, uh, verse, chorus, bridge kind of thing. He's so good at using that structure, um, and he's one of the best bridge writers in the world, which came up in a lot of interviews that I did with his colleagues as well. Um, so he brought that traditional um, understanding of what songwriting is and also being able to work in the studio so well. He's a fantastic producer. Um, and Dewey brought in <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of 
this kind of raw, um, intuitive sort of approach to writing. And he actually started out in part as an acting student, so he always loved characters and um, interpreting and inhabiting characters. And I think that comes through in a lot of his songs. Um, and he has definitely, to me, a more of a rock sound, like um, kind of a Stephen Stills-esque voice, a beautiful rock voice. And then Dan, with his um, fantastic guitar playing, he's just a brilliant guitarist, and you can hear that on all the early records. Um, and he always connected well with that kind of country rock sound if you hear some of his earlier songs even like lonely people has a bit of that um and i think together they were just fantastic and they covered all of their own individual grounds which they, they never really took away from each other which is what a great band does i think jude's book is america the band the first ever authorized biography at the time of the 50th anniversary of the band, it makes it even in incredibly more special. It's available at all the usual suspects, bookstores, and uh, I believe the best way, the easiest way to get it would be through Amazon.com. If you're a Prime member, as I am, it's a little longer because of the pandemic, but still, within a couple of days, you'll have the book. And it's really an incredible read, and the author, Jude Warren, actually just achieving the approval greenlighted by Jerry Beckley and Dewey Bunnell, the first person ever to get them to say yes to uh, authorizing a book about them, I think is incredible. One of my absolute favorite America songs, and, and I guess I, I join a long list of many who love this song, Daisy Jane. And I love the way every single time I've ever heard Jerry sing it, he always says at the end, Thank you, Daisy. He always thanks Daisy. <laughs> Tell us what Daisy Jane, who, I'll give you an example. A very good friend of mine who's listening to you right now, Jude, wrote that back in the day, he was a clamor, a very successful uh, business person and, and a great friend of mine, but a great clamor back in the day. And he would clam with this other fellow, I'll just protect the innocent and say, name John Maxwell. Uh, and anytime, yeah, anytime the radio was on, and horse with no name would come on. He would call out to yell out, "Name the damn horse!" So the horse had no name. I don't know if the horse could ever, in a sequel or some other song, get a name. Uh, but Daisy Jane, who is Daisy Jane? What is that song about? I know he's flying me back to Memphis, and he's got to find his Daisy Jane and and all that. Who's Daisy Jane? Well, uh, to my understanding, there isn't an one Daisy Jane, you know, one person, and, and that seems to be how Jerry writes. While even Sister Golden here, a lot of these beautiful, popular songs that seem to be speaking to one w woman, um, and they are in the context of the song, but they're not really about just one person. It's more of a fantastical, um, inspired take on, you know, a female character. Um, but, but Daisy Jane is one of my favorite songs oh. as well. It's beautiful. It is so good. What do you think it is about America? You spent a lot of time writing this, and you had access to Jerry and to Dewey. What do you think it is about their music that is so pleasant to all of us and that we've loved them? If you're a baby boomer, which I'm a young baby boomer, I want to underscore Jude, young baby <laughs> boomer, uh, they've been around my whole life. I mean, that they, they've been... When I was in formative years, before a tween, then as a teenager, they were my absolute favorite. And I, I'm going to rate them second, and I'm, I'm putting the Beatles to third, uh, because I just, I just love their whole vibe when I've had the privilege, when they've come to Atlantic City to see them on a number of occasions. Uh, I love them live. I, I love them out of the studio, studio recordings. What is it about them that you think has um, endeared them for a half a century? 
to me, it seems to be their, their approach in writing about and reflecting timeless themes like um, the love, peace, happiness, nature. There's a lot of nature appreciation in all of their songs. And they never really got overly political in any of their songs. And, and when a, an artist stays out of the time that they're in in that way, where they're sticking to timeless and, and sidestep other temporal things that come up, they really do have a long-lasting quality, or it emphasizes that. Um, and even today, like so many younger people and audiences, if you go to an America show, just proves that it's, it's their music speaks to all generations, and that it does that for me too. And I think there's an honesty and an ardor in that, and all of their tracks. Um, they're for real, you know. In that yeah. way, they're yeah. they're honest. Now, it looks to me, I could be wrong, because sometimes, look, you stay together for 50 years, you look in this business, most people bust up, they just can't get along, you travel together, you're always together. It seems to me that Jerry Beckley and Dewey Bunnell have quite, uh, an, I mean, this almost sounds like Captain Obvious, Jude, but a long-lasting partnership. They really do, and it is a rare thing, you're right, um, and a testament to how well they work with one another. I think they're perfect foils for each other, both their characters and their musical um, characters, their strengths. And they let each other do their own thing, and they also step in and help both on stage and in writing, um, and just their personalities. Uh, All right, this, this is cruel and unusual. I have to interrupt because we only have a minute and a half, and I want to bring up one subject, and, and there's a hundred that I didn't get to, so I'm glad we're going to do another interview, Jude, in the not-too-distant future. Um, we'll, we'll set it up. But talk about Michael Jackson inadvertently or whatever it was, intentionally, whatever, sampling Dewey Bunnell's music, and I understand they now share a writing credit. Yes. What happened? Um, I, I believe that um, the song, um, Michael, he did take part of it for the track that he was working on, the part of Dewey's song, um, and it was worked out amongst all of them. But there is an interesting connection between the Jackson fa family um and America in that way. And I think they're mutual admirers of each other's work. Um, and Dewey speaks so well in Jerry of, of their catalog. And um, it's a nice compliment to have with one another to be associated in that way to um, mega successful artists. The biggest compliment I can give you, Jude, is I don't want our interview to end, but it has come to an end. Uh, the clock is um, ordering me to stop. The book is America the Band. It's the first ever authorized biography at the time of their 50th anniversary, Jerry Beckley, Dewey Bunnell, America the Band, obviously Dan Peek for a decade or so, 12 years, whatever it was. Jude Warren, I wish you great success, and let's do this again soon. Her book is available at all bookstores and on Amazon.com. Thank you for a delightful interview, Jude. Thank you so much for having me, Harry. You're, you're Appreciate welcome. It. Hold on, I want to say goodbye off air. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Gary Aldrich. The House is just about to gavel in. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, starting what's expected to be a very long day, ready to take action on a new plan for the corona-infected economy, which Republicans oppose. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not about getting you back to work right. and getting you the dignity of work and helping us open up our country again as we continue to fight the virus. Counselor to the President Kellyanne Conway told Fox it includes liberal agenda items not related to the pandemic, and Democrats insist those make up a minuscule part of this plan. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. 
Dave, Representative Debbie Dingell, a Michigan Democrat, told the Fox Business Network she doesn't agree with everything in the $3 trillion bill, but is voting for it anyway. It is laying down a marker. It helps our state and local governments, which are decimated. Under the measure, essential workers would get hazard pay and expanded unemployment benefits would be extended. There's also another round of checks for Americans, as well as relief for people having a hard time making rent and mortgage payments. Republicans prefer a wait-and-see approach. And the White House has issued a veto threat. Dave? Well, Rachel, we just got an update showing how bad things got when everything started to shut down. U.S. retail sales plunged more than 16% in April from March. That's a record. The number of coronavirus deaths has risen the past few days in the U.S., higher than late last week. But 11 states are lifting restrictions today, including Louisiana and parts of New York, though not near New York City, hardest hit in this crisis. President Trump will give an update later today on the push for a corona vaccine. He's already been touting a milestone. Ten million tests we gave. Ten million. Now, Democrats have called his response a failure. The testing was too slow to ramp up. NASCAR is ready to restart the engines, resuming racing at Darlington on Sunday without fans. The country is starved for live sports, and we're thrilled to be the first uh, kind of major live sport uh, sport back. That's NASCAR President Steve Phelps. Drivers had a lottery for starting positions. Brad Kozlowski won pole position. America's listening to Fox News. This is a last chance alert. It's happening. Publishers Clearinghouse is ready to award $5,000 a week for life in just days. Enter now at pch.com and you could win $5,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss this last chance to win $5,000 a week for life on June 30th. Enter at pch.com before it's too late. That's pch.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at pch.com. Entries due 625. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. If you're a pro who manages properties or replaces appliances regularly, it helps to have a go-to resource like Lowe's. We have the brands pros have trusted for years. Solid names like Maytag, Whirlpool, and GE, all easily ordered on Lowe'sforpros.com and all quickly delivered to the job site with free delivery seven days a week. Even better, you can get up to 40% off select appliances during our appliance savings event. Whatever you need today or any day, Lowe's is pro ready. Offers valid through 6-3. Free local delivery applies to appliances $2.99 or more, U.S. only. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today is our big warm-up day. Following a few early morning showers, we'll see a mix of sun and clouds and we'll feel a warming breeze today. High temperatures around 82 degrees. It'll be cooler on barrier islands and along the Delaware Bay. There is a chance for a shower or thunderstorm tonight. It'll be partly cloudy and warm with a low of 66. Tomorrow, still warm, less humid. More prominent sea breeze, though. High falls to 72. Nice day with partly to mostly cloudy skies. Only 62 with clouds and showers Sunday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Recount! Live from the studios of Town it. Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio what? What? We We won? We won? I want a recount. No, no, you won. I still, I want a recount. Four minutes past the hour, ladies and gentlemen... Looks like we've made it, to quote the great song by Carly Simon. It's Friday. It's the last hour and six minutes of the program. And Gary Aldrich, from a secret, undisclosed location, hermetically sealed, is here. And he is safe, I might add. He is safe 
and healthy. Gary Aldrich, the distinguished senior FBI agent who worked at the White House for two United States presidents, President Clinton and President Bush one. The author of the definitive, it should be like the Clinton primer, unlimited access. You know you've done something very relevant when everything that Gary wrote is still current and extremely relevant today. When you look at all these things that have gone on, Gary knows the whole pathology of all of them. My first question for the senior FBI agent retired is certainly about the unmasking of General Flynn. But first, welcome to Hurley in the Morning, Gary. How are you? Uh, good morning. I'm well. Uh, temperature is normal. Good. Good. And that cough I just heard is not a problem. That's just an intermittent cough. I'm just teasing. Um, yeah, there it is again. So, <laughs> Gary, you, 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 I have to tee this up for you, and please, whether you use a ping overhead driver or whatever driver you use, and, and I've seen you hit, you can hit the ball. You've played in at least uh, a decade's worth of early in the morning charity golf opens, if not 11. I think you've made all but one. So they unmasked Flynn, and we knew that. But now we know, with the exception of maybe like a handful that are still redacted, we know all of these scoundrels, Biden, Comey, Clapper, the Obama chief of staff, which means Obama himself, power, and we could keep going. Why, in your very experienced estimation, why did they unmask General Flynn and even the ambassador of, I don't know what it was, Luxembourg or Italy or wherever it was? I mean, everybody's unmasking Flynn. Why were they doing that? And we know that they were doing it at strategic times after Hillary lost. So there's a lot here to unpack. What does this tell you? what you've learned? Well, there were two uh, things that I could think of why they would do it. Uh, first would be uh, uh, knuckleheads who are chaotic and uh, can't, can't, can't make a Xerox copy and walk it down the hall, you see. They all have to have their own personal copy. Well, that doesn't make any sense. What makes sense is if you have enough people do it, like in the dozens, for example, then when you finally, if you ever finally become discovered, you can all have various versions and stories um, to confuse the investigators. And, there were, and the main culprit, the one who, who is really wanting the information in that group, will be covered. In other words, there'll be less scrutiny on that one person who got all the documents and unmasked. So, that, in other words, so many people were doing it that they would actually make it look normal? Yeah, so, well, they would also make it look normal, but, of course, it wasn't normal. And no. And, and anybody who thinks that uh, the super top-secret information like this kind can be distributed to 24 different people and there won't be any leak. Will uh, Gary, will we find out, in your humble estimation, because you know the way the media protects their fellow Democrats, the writer that um, brought Flynn's name out from the Washington Post, he absolutely knows who gave him Flynn's name. For those who don't know... Uh, Flynn was listed something like um, American number one, or they had an official name for him, but it was something number one uh, because they don't say the name of the person because the the truth is it's supposed to be the information that's important. It's not ever about going to get someone. 
I mean, unless clearly they're they're you know committing treason or some kind of criminal offense, and none of that was taking place. This was the incoming national security advisor doing what I'm sure many other incoming people of many administrations have done, and that's beginning the work in the transition mode that's going to be taking place in your position within the incoming government. So we know we know what went on here. This election did not go the way that Obama thought. And if you remember, Gary, and I know you do, and if our listeners forgot, I'm going to remind you, Obama did a fake out. After Hillary lost, they knew they were going to be in a lot of trouble because they had done a lot of bad things and it was all going to come out. My theory has always been that they did the Saul Alinsky thing. You take your problem and take your stink and you put it on your adversary, your opponent, and you make it their problem and you you rain hell on them. And then the next thing you know, nobody's talking about what these bad actors did. They're talking about Trump colluded with Russia and all these. And we, we now have learned because their testimony is all coming out, Gary. They all testified truthfully, truth, truthfully under oath. Clapper, all of them. Uh, Susan Rice, let me put her in this crowd, and the rest of them, they all, Comey, they all testified truthfully when they were under the threat of penalty of prison. But the campaign they ran through their fellow Democrats in the media was a campaign of lies. Your comment? A uh, lot to unpack there, Harry. Yes, sir. Uh, I would just simply say that um, they lost the election, which was a shock. Uh, is I that a train they, within earshot of your secret undisclosed location? I'm sorry, what now? Was that a train that I heard in the background at your secret undisclosed location? Yeah, Johnny Cash used to be my neighbor yeah. just down the way. See, I just I just want to say that I, I, I learned from Aldrich for almost three decades now, so when I'm trying to forensically put together, I can now say that there is a train. I, 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 go ahead, Gary, I'm just teasing, but I want you to know I heard the train, and it sounded, well, cool. It sounded cool. you know... As most little boys, I had my train set, yeah. and I loved my trains, yeah. and I still love the yeah. trains, Harry, and Me I would too. love to hear them go by. Yeah, I did, too. That's why I actually stopped you in, in the tracks of the train. All right, so take it back. Your thoughts. Okay, where was I? We, uh, were, we were talking about how they testify truthfully when they're under oath, but they ran this whole campaign of lies when, in other words, you can lie on TV, just tell the truth when you're under oath. I mean, it's so it's so provable what they've done here. Okay, I'm caught. I'm caught up now. Yeah, uh, this is this is what was happening. For some reason, they had a real heartburn with the general. Now uh, you can speculate and you can remember all the excuses they give, but there was a big thing here with Flynn, and I think somebody's come closest to it when they said that. Flynn was about to find out the, about the cabal, and he's an honest general, and he probably wouldn't be able to sit still for that, or maybe he was already making noise about it, and they, they needed to smear him and wreck him. Yeah, yeah. That's what was going on here. He was an honest guy, possibly becoming a whistleblower who could out the cabal. Yeah, it's true. It's like Michael Douglas in uh, the movie Wall Street. I, I don't like the technique, but I like the line, and I like the way that Michael Douglas, Gordon, uh, Gordon Gecko delivers it. When Charlie Sheen, uh, Bud, is telling him about White Star, come on, it's a great company, you know, what are you wrecking it for? And Michael Douglas stops him in his tracks and says, because it's wreckable! I mean, they wrecked Flynn to save their own tails, right? 
I believe that he was the one weak link in their secret society that would unmask them and tell the nation what they were really up to. That's what I think. And I think they moved to... See, otherwise, if he was really a bad guy, what would have happened really is that the FBI would have started a criminal investigation of possible espionage, and they would have put together all the usual stuff to enable that investigation. And it would have been ongoing at the time Trump took over as president. Yep. Let me throw in one more proof positive that the Aldrich Doctrine is uh, provable and sellable. Obama told President Trump two things. Now think about this, Gary. If, If I'm becoming the president after you're the president, and you tell me the two biggest problems that I have are North Korea and General Michael Flynn. Now you think about that. In the scheme, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. In the scheme of issues and our world and problems and potential problems, it's so transparent that Obama wanted to put the horns on Flynn because Flynn had the goods on them. Well, here's, here's the problem with that. Flynn was, was Obama's biggest problem. Well, that wasn't the nation's biggest problem. That's what I'm saying. So when Obama tells President Trump, you're big, you know, you think about that. There's this small club of only a handful of people that have ever been president. You got the guy that's been in there the last eight years. And of all the things he could be telling you, he tells you your two biggest problems are North Korea and General Michael Flynn. That is so revealing, Gary. It is revealing if you look behind the uh, motives and you and you actually look at what should have happened. Like I said, if 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 the general was really a threat to this nation, it would have gone quickly to the criminal investigative side of things, and they would have put a full full fledged forward motion investigation together. And Flynn would not have survived this in the Obama White House. They would have they would have taken him out of the White House. Instead, they dumped him on uh, they dumped him on Trump to handle close quote, and uh, and then Trump eventually did fire him. Uh, and that was for the, the allegedly the lying to Pence. Right. They they they. But now they, he says he would rehire him. They came in. They didn't know what was happening with Flynn or the rest of it. They didn't know about the cabal yet. Yep. Gary, let's get our first break in. When we come back, I have to get your take because you've been in the federal courts. You've testified in federal courts. I tried to do my best to be supportive of this judge, Emmett Sullivan, and I can't. I can't at this point. He is doing something that is so reprehensible. He is re-victimizing a victim, and he has no power to prosecute. He's a judge after somebody else charges someone and then he gets assigned to his court. This guy picking this rabidly anti-Trump, anti-General Flynn person that two days before he was named by um, Emmett Sullivan wrote an op-ed piece that was that convicts General Flynn for Emmett Sullivan to be saying, "Hey, I'm I'm going to ask this outside person to come in and advise me if Michael Flynn." should be charged with perjury. Gary, this is, I've talked to so many judges and lawyers. This is, it doesn't matter what your political party is. This is so irregular. It's so disgusting. All he had to do was sign the document that they prepared for his signature. Newt Gingrich said it right. The federal government is not prosecuting this case. It was fatally flawed. And you're going to tell them they have to prosecute? 
when they say they're not going to prosecute for good reason, he's everything that's wrong. He's everything that is exactly wrong in our judiciary today. I want to get your take on that, Gary, when we come back. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. EBEL.com. Rescue your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. We continue at 20 minutes past the hour with National All Star Gary Aldrich. Friday mornings in the 9 o'clock hour since 1996 have starred this uh, great American. Uh, Gary, I said right before the break that I'd like you to respond to Judge Emmett Sullivan simply not just dismissing unjust charges. And I know it's a little complicated because Flynn pled guilty, but he pled guilty because these scoundrels were going to prosecute his son. And any we talked about that in the past. Any any good dad would take one for his son. So this guy, I think, had an obligation to just sign the damn thing and would be all over. But no, no, no. Not only does he not do that, he invents his own process where he picks this negative person towards Trump and Flynn and asks them to file a brief, friend of the court brief, file this amicus brief, uh, amicus brief, and and say that um, why I shouldn't charge Flynn with perjury. Well, Gary, he can't charge Flynn with perjury. Somebody else would have to charge him with perjury. Judges don't they don't prosecute. They they hear they don't levy charges. They hear charges. So this is to me, Gary, this is so transparent that this guy is a political judge. It's just awful. Uh what are your thoughts about this? I think it's a delay tactic that um uh, is bound to fail as it's um as it's uh um appealed up the chain to the Supreme Court if it goes there. Uh, whatever the judge does can be appealed, and, uh, and it can go to the Supreme Court. Um, and when it does, it'll be overturned. But they don't care about that. But, of course, that would be after the... This would keep this... I, I'm, I'm contending this is all about keeping this alive and not having finality and not allowing General Flynn to be vindicated, because we can't have that... That would make Trump look good. So we have to keep him under a cloud, and now he might even get charged with perjury. Listen, if that if it went that route, that would be so outrageous. Well, it's going to be outrageous, but the fact of the matter is they're trying to force Trump to pardon him so that they can have this major political uh, contest and storm leading up to the election. That's what this is about. That's the answer. Trump that's the answer, because if this would have happened through dismissal, clean victory, and so on and so forth, that's not what they want. You're absolutely right, and you didn't even hear me say that a day or two ago. I absolutely agree with that is spot-on analysis. They want Trump to have to pardon him, and then they can make it look like he pardoned a criminal who had already confessed and was convicted and all of that. There's no doubt about it which means this guy shouldn't even be a judge. He's a disgrace. Well, how are judges selected is the big question. Why is it possible for a federal judge to be so twisted? The answer is in the selection process itself. When you're the Democrat in the White House, you get to pick your judges. 
Who do they pick? Well, of course they're going to pick Democrat agitators and activists. Of course they're going to do that. Yeah. And the, and who are Democrats and who are agitators and activists in the Democrat Party? They're dishonest people. Is who they are. Everyone knows this. So what? How are you going to pick a a judge uh, for the for the federal court? Who's a Democrat? Who's actually got a clean and and spotless uh, ethical record? It's impossible. Yeah. I can tell you this because I used to work on those cases in the FBI. The background investigations. That's where I worked did a lot of my work early on, which was in the selection and the investigation of federal judge appointees. Well, let me give you the latest example. There is a bogus case that I absolutely positively know that ultimately the Supreme Court will, will just throw in the garbage can where it belongs, and probably by a unanimous margin or certainly by a majority, because they're so political that you can't count on, on them to do the right thing either, and we just have to hope and pray that we continue to have five that will, and that that hopefully there'll be another opening or two during President Trump's second term, and that the Senate stays in Republican majority, and that we can add one or two more judges to that to that court. Because if it flips just one judge the other way, we will not know our country in a very short period of time. They will take radical cases on. They will change laws. They'll change the Second Amendment. It's going to be unbelievable what they will do if they get one more vote. But let me give you the latest example, Gary, for your comment. The Fourth Circus Court of Appeals, 15 judges, nine Democrats, six Republicans. They're hearing the case of the suit involving President Trump being in violation of the emollients clause in other words that he is profiting by being president now clearly he has lost probably billions by being president and he takes no salary and he donates it back to the government and so on and so forth but they're saying that because some people from another country stayed at the trump hotel in washington dc that president trump is a criminal and he is profiting by being president now, of course, you know that vote was nine to six uh, and in favor of the case proceeding further. And that's the problem that we have right now. We have Democrats in robes. And then the other side is going to say, well, we have Republicans in robes. But I would I would I would push back on that. These conservative judges are not a monolith uh, when they hear something that's absurd. They're not going to sustain it. They're not going to uphold it. But these nine Democrats did, Gary. That's the that's the judiciary that we now have, the Roger Stone jury, this kind of thing. That's what we have now. Yes, and as I've said, it is as much or possibly it is more the process that undermines a person or an entity than it is the actual conviction that which, which eventually occurs if it does. Exactly. It's, and it's all the appeals that come after and all the rest of it. it. It'll just basically waste you into nothingness. Well, look what they did to Flynn. I mean, Flynn, he had a couple million dollars, a lifetime of work, and had put together about two-point-some million dollars, gone, had to sell his house, uh, his reputation sullied. He's called regularly by Democrats all over the place, including the Democrat media, a criminal. Uh, horrible things. Here is a, a three-star lieutenant general that served his country for 32 years, Gary. And I tell people all the time, if they'll treat him like this, you should be worried about that. 
Uh, and, and I don't want to leave out the, the, the personal side of the man's life. It's very rare when a man who undergoes this kind of uh, terrible, terrible ordeal and his family and his marriage survives. It's, it's, it's really rare. It's true. It generally wrecks the family, so it would leave him with nothing, no family, no money, a solid reputation, a questionable reputation for life, all this good work, to work down the tubes. This is what the process does to you. It's well said. He is Gary Aldrich. I am Hurley in the morning. When we come back in just a few minutes, you will be our first caller. I want to put the mic up so that all the listeners can hear that beautiful sound. You'll be the first caller, and you'll be the second caller. And then you can check in next. Uh, I know that we had a lot of long-form interviews today, so a lot of callers got shut out today. If you have a comment or a question, for National All-Star Gary Aldrich, 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open for the rest of our program until six minutes past the top of the hour when we hand the airwaves over to Brian Kilmeade. With Gary Aldrich, I am Hurley in the morning. In the world's playground, that's WPG. The WPG Talk Radio app is everything South Jersey. Local news and information updated around the clock from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Breaking news push notifications just for South Jersey. Easily call and listen to all your favorite WPG Talk shows and more. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your phone, tablet, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto today at WPGTalkRadio.com. BBEL.com. Six. Hey, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us this afternoon at 1. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. To your calls, and then maybe after the last break, I want to talk to Gary about this um, incredible CNN poll that has President Trump ahead in every single battleground state. These are these loaded CNN polls that uh, really I hold no faith in at all. So when President Trump is winning, I mean everywhere, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, I mean it goes on and on, New Hampshire, uh, we'll have all of it, that's just off the top of my head, I don't want to do the Dean scream, but there's like nine key states, and he doesn't even need to win them all, but if he wins them all, this is going to be such a rout. And, of course, the media will just keep telling you Joe Biden leads, Joe Biden leads. He leads from his basement. I mean, it's just, it's it's incredible. We'll get to that later. 609-407-1450, an open phone line for Gary and Harry. And you, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, hi, hi, Gary. Hi, Harry. Good morning. And we're screwed. Oh. Oops. What's up? The We're screwed. Which way? Uh uh, where do you go to, to, to prove the point? You know, well, how about vote by mail for one, ballot harvesting, and you can throw in a few other things. I mean, it's true. Vote by mail is the Democrats' best friend. I mean, look all around the country. That's the reason. Nobody will say it, but I will. The Democrats won the House of Representatives in the last election cycle because of vote by mail. There's no, no denying that. I, uh, we lose I, this election. Well, I want to first talk about moods, Linda. I sense you have a bad mood today, and I want to talk about moods just a little bit, okay? Um, I also had a bad mood last week. I was feeling really, really down, and I was trying to figure out, well, what is it that's causing me to drag me down to this degree? And uh, it's the virus, Linda. It's the virus. I got in my car. I called ahead to some friends down south. I got in my car. And I went all the way down to mid-Florida and back again in my car. 
in four days, and I can tell you, it was the greatest relief to get oh. away from the virus, to get away from the troubles, to get away from the Washington, Washington, Washington drama. And I'm going to recommend to anyone who's suffering really, really big time right now, plan some trip out of here, <laughs> you know, yeah, northeast. Yeah. Get out of the northeast, including Virginia, and go south or west. Or that's, hey, Gary, that's what I'm doing as soon as I can. I've already missed two opportunities because of this pandemic. Uh, you, I am taking you up on your on your advice. We have a, a trip planned uh, for early January, but uh, I've got to do something before then. Uh Gary, this is some of the best advice in America today that you've just dispensed. Yeah, get out of here yeah. because they're, they're, I'll tell you what, they're wallowing in their self-pity and their, and, and their, in, in their, their faulty, faulty presentation of what's going on here, especially in Virginia. Lin- Linda, give me, let me give Gary a question, and then if you want to respond to it, you can. If you have something else you want to talk about, the, the floor is yours at that point. I've been mentioning that it's impossible not to notice that this pandemic has turned extremely hyperpartisan. Republican states want to open, Democrat states want to stay closed. I think that's undeniable. The only thing, that, that's just a truth. The only thing then you could massage would be, well, there's a lot of urban cities and a lot more cases and this and that. But I really believe it's gotten to the point, though, where this has become very political. It's no longer nonpartisan it's no longer about follow the science and and all of this this is as usual purely political and wherever possible damage orange man gary your thoughts about that i yeah i, I totally agree with that I, I, uh, there's another thing that's behind that too and which is even scarier might be concerning linda somewhat and that is there is a group of people in this country who believe the best way to proceed ahead and into the future is to dismantle this form of government and start over. This is as close as they've ever gotten to that, by the way, if that's if that group out there is, is real and they're actually having an influence. This is the closest they've ever gotten to that. It scares me sometimes. But let's say that that's not, that's just a conspiracy theory on the part of some people. They don't want to really make this country a socialistic empire. Uh-huh. Huh. Right. Really? Believe that? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's going to hurt the economy more and more and more, and this is Trump's greatest achievement. What they don't factor in, oh, let me finish with this. What they don't factor in is Trump's ability to come back from a serious thing like this. He can do it. If there's anybody who can bring us back to a better economy, it's Donald Trump. It's none of these egghead or goofy politicians. <laughs> they can't do it. No, they can't. <clears throat> and Trump proved he already did it once. So when I was interviewing, who was I interviewing? Somebody very high-ranking within his campaign. Oh, it was Kellyanne Conway. And I said, President Trump already did it once. He can do it a second time, Gary. He absolutely can. Yeah. I mean, he proved it. He actually under-promised and over-delivered. Linda. Well, I, I, I have uh, no problems with my president. I do have problems with my Mickey Mouse government. Clapper doesn't recall unmasking uh, Flynn. You have Samantha Powers. I mean, she, she, she doesn't recall. The, the, was it a couple hundred, I guess, maybe, of, of, of American citizens who were unmasked? And we act like nothing has happened? Yes. And Obama um, tries to turn it on Trump. Well, these... Unmasking... Um, 
these creatures, these creatures make a whole new case for waterboarding as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know how, do you know what these people did? They unmasked American citizens. Yes. And then they could, they should And be then, free. look, that's not the crime, Linda. You trust that they would only do it for the right reasons. This is the way all the laws are written, that government will always do right. We know that's not true and that many times the unscrupulous ones do very bad things. The crime wasn't the unmasking. The crime was leaking General Flynn's name to the Washington Post. Do either of you believe we will ever find out who the leaker was? Because whoever that is needs to go to jail. Oh, that leaker is well buried, well buried. But I suspect Comey. He already had the uh, connection with the lawyer up in the right. Northeast. He's, he a, he's an admitted leaker, Gary. He, he's Under a, oath. He's admitted, and the lawyers admitted it, and I think that leaking went on before. Yeah. yeah. How, how, hey, Gary, how about the Comey under oath admitted, I did it, I leaked it to this professor friend, because I wanted to force the hiring of an independent counsel. How about that? It all makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Susan Rice. Oh, yeah. There's another one. Uh, she leaked. She's a liar. Susan Rice leaked it. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I wouldn't and, be surprised. But... But this unmasking, this isn't something to be glossed over. See, and, and for them to be able to say, well, hey, I didn't do it. I mean, you should be thumbprinted, fingerprinted, eye-printed, yeah. nose-printed. Yes, yes. There should never yeah. be a doubt. And then they use this stuff for FISA warrants and these different things. And Biden went from telling George Stephanopoulos, I don't know anything, I know nothing. Who was that that used to talk like that? Uh, Artie Johnson on Laughing. I know nothing. He knew nothing about nothing, and then they, they come out with, hey, you, you unmasked him. He then says, well, you, sure I did. I was concerned. I was concerned about Russian interference. They're so duplicitous. They're so dishonest. Where was the head of, where was the head of our Supreme Court when, when two judges had to, tell, had, had to tell the Obama administration, you're out of line here, knock it off with, the, with what they were doing? Well, remember, the Supreme Court doesn't just intervene. They don't inject themselves. You've got to file that writ of certiorari, and then they decide whether they'll hear your case. So it's not like they don't, they see things they don't like all the time. But if a case doesn't come their way, they don't have any power. It's like, it's like this Emmett Sullivan uh, asking for this guy who he knows is completely adverse to Flynn to submit to him the reasons why he shouldn't charge Flynn with perjury. And the, the reason is, because that judge has no authority to charge General Flynn with anything. He can dismiss the charge that's before him, which he should have done, but he's gone a whole different route. Linda, let me get in one more call before the break. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Welcome. You are on the air with Gary Aldrich and yours truly early in the morning. Hello, boss. How are you? Good. Mr. Aldrich, how are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for asking. By the way, let me correct the record. I want to thank my friend James. It wasn't Artie Johnson. I know nothing. It was Schultz from, uh, uh, gosh, Hogan's Heroes. Anyhow, um, go ahead, Matt. Okay, yeah, a quick statement, and then I, I need an answer from, because you guys would know more about this than me. Okay. Um, at some point, uh, Delaware Dungeon Joe Biden's going to have to come out of the basement. At some point. Right. And 
there's got to be at least one head-to-head presidential debate. Right. This is good news. Right. There has to be at least one. Now, if he gets on stage with Donald J. Trump, our president, oh, my dear Lord Jesus, is that going to be ugly? And uh, my <laughs> is that going to be ugly? I, 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 it is going to be terrible for Joe. Here's the okay. thing, though. You don't want to. You don't want to just rest on that, though. And here's why. Number one, even people that are failing the way that Biden is failing, there are moments of clarity. I'll give you an example, and I commented on it the next morning. I watched the debate. It was painful, but I watched it. It was the only one I watched when it was Biden and Bernie. Biden had a very good night. I didn't like his content, but he was sharp. Uh, I, I think because it was decided it was going to be friendly and they weren't really going to attack each other that much, it was maybe easier, but Biden actually kept it together. So if you get the version of Biden that cleaned Paul Ryan's clock, that's no walk in the, in, in the park for President Trump. Now, on most occasions, the Biden we see in the basement can't conjugate a verb, can't finish a sentence, doesn't know where he is, what state he's in. Uh, and and he's he's a mess. He's a hot mess. But you never know if there's only one or two debates. You never know. You would think that he would falter, but you just don't know. Could I? Uh, yeah. Could I bring yeah. a skunk to the picnic? Yeah, bring that skunk. All right. Sorry, guys. Perfume. Uh, having worked in the Clinton White House uh, for for quite a while, and following what happened after for quite a while, and knowing uh, the movement as I know it from my days as an investigative agent in the FBI, um, these people are the master of changing the rules, of overturning precedent. So you, you two talk like there's absolutely going to be a presidential debate. I don't think it's an absolute. I don't think it is because we have this. Whoa, movement. whoa, whoa. Oh, my God. Thank God I'm standing or I would have collapsed in my chair. I would have broken the chair, fallen over, and who knows what that would have sounded like. Thank God I'm standing on two feet. You actually think, Ari Aldrich, that there is a scenario where there won't even be one debate at all? You've got Biden. You've got an image. He's got name recognition. and Everybody knows his pretty cleaned-up face, whatever work he's had done to it, and his <laughs> plugs and everything. Looking good for an old man. Uh, you know, you got a picture. you got a slogan. Uh, you got some campaign ads, and you go and you scoot right into the election. It's a hail mary pass. He has no chance of winning, but this is the best they got. This is all they got. Now here, hey, I hey Gary, I got to tell you something. You br- you brought Pepe Le Pew to the dance, and I'm going to further your narrative. Here's the deal: if these Democrats can keep this pandemic going, and that's in their interest to do that. They're already talking about Obama and the other surrogates are going to actually be the candidate and not Biden. They could say for the security of the president and the security of who could be the next president, we can't have a debate. Now, of course, you could do it virtually, but I don't like that because they could have a teleprompter in front of Joe Biden, anything to help him. And they would do it. Uh, Gary, I, I, I wanted to laugh you off the program when you said that i have to at least consider that that absurd statement you made under any normal time in in history as impossible but guess what in bizarro world that is not even a stretch now i'm going to say i do predict that there will be at least two debates 
more than one, not more than two. But I take serious what you said, Gary. Well, I think you ought to because, as I say, the we are still shaking our heads over all the things that were tossed out the moment the Democrats got in power, starting with Clinton. We saw all the things tossed out. We thought there would be uh, accountability for major, major things they did. Nothing happened. That, that just encourages them to do more and more and more. Hey, Matt, did you get everything in you wanted to get in? I've got to get the last break in and then get on to the next call. I know you said there was a statement you wanted to make and then a question. Did you get everything in? Well, the question was answered by Gary, and he just scared the crap out of me. So thanks, Mr. Aldridge, for that. There you go. And guess what? It scares you because it's very possible. I'm going to say that there will be at least two debates, but the fact that we're even having this conversation is is all you need to know and how crazy our times are. And get ready. I say this to our listeners, Gary, every single day. The next five and a half months are going to be unlike anything the American people have ever seen. There will be such a blatant level of intellectual dishonesty by the media. It's going to just swamp anything that's ever come before it that we were crazy about. It's They, they have thrown all objectivity. You've got, for example, uh, Meet the Press running truncated quotes and, and changing the meaning of things. Then they, they whisper apologies uh, to two people, but they smear you before millions. This is going to be happening with great regularity. I, I even believe they're going to be doing doctored things, completely fake stuff that they're going to say that President Trump said and did. They don't care. They, they are going to burn the house down to rule the ashes. This is going to be, it's unfathomable. Even though I warn you every day, you're still not going to be equipped to understand and deal with what they are going to do over the next five-plus months. Your calls continue, Matt. Thank you. It was a good call. Appreciate that. And our next caller, when we come back, will be you. Don't go away. With Gary, respectfully yours, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. It's only 95.5 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Truly one of the fastest hours, and it's an hour and six minutes actually, in radio, and it is our Fridays with Gary. We're approaching 53 minutes past the hour, and it's just flying by. You are the next caller for the great Gary Aldrich. Go. Well, good morning, Harry, and good morning, Gary. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Harry, thank you so much for that little read on uh, everything that uh, a 90-some-year-old person went through, because oh, you're right. Craig, it was beautiful. Was it? I, I saw that on Facebook. I was so happy that you read that, because this country, okay, was made with dirty hands. This country was people dangling on steel in New York City, yeah. you know, at a brink of death if they fell over. There were no safety. They, yeah, they were walking on, and sometimes they had a rope, but they were walking on moving planks that were coming by, and they would jump onto it. They they ate their lunch hanging off of, uh, uh, off of steel girders. I mean, rugged individualism. Go ahead. Yeah. But, uh, so I do, I got, uh, uh, before I get to my 
my, my point here. Uh, I do want to say that I may end up getting my, my little moment, my hour. <laughs> looks like Hillary is very involved here. But what I did want to bring up was uh, uh, our FBI Director Ray and his oversight of Weitzman, uh, which I was watching. I never knew this before, how they were tied together, these two. And you remember the accounting firm down in Texas that went out of business because of Weitzman? I have to say vaguely something about it, but I'm not conversing on it, Craig. And, and, and it was the wrong thing that they did. Wow. And, and, and Weitzman and, and the whole big company that had like almost 10,000 employees went under. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You're ta- I think you're talking about Arthur Anderson. Major accounting firm. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, I, I do know okay. about it. Yeah, thanks. So Weitzman was the, the, the guy that did all these mischievous things to take this company out. Right, and they were, they were vindicated by the Supreme Court, but they were ruined. That's the thing, uh, Craig, the Gary's expert at chronicling. They ruin you so that even when you win, you lose because they've ruined you. They ruined them. And who was Weitzman's boss? Or, FBI Director Ray. I was going to say, you, uh, you teed it up. So Ray who I've said from the beginning, I'm not happy. I, I, he looks to me like he wants to keep things the way that they are. Uh, and we didn't get... Comey was awful. This guy is maybe more benign than, than Comey was toxic, but he has not... He's been afraid or unwilling, maybe both, to, uh, to do what needed to be done. Uh, I agree. I so agree. And... and, and um you know, Gary, you took me back a couple seconds. I thought it was plausible that Biden could get absolutely away without doing the debate. But I'm with you, Harry. We're going to have a minimum of two debates. And if, uh, Listen, if there were no debates, Trump would have a field day. I almost wish for it because the damage he can inflict. By, I, I, I don't know if this is an accurate statement because Joe Biden is so, so failing that this might not be true, but I think it's close to being true. If they called off the debates and, and hid behind a pandemic or something like that, nobody would buy it because, look, they have American Idol. They're having The Voice. They're having uh, the, the Wall, you know, game shows. I mean, you can do it through technology, so there's no way they'll get away with it. They may try. If they calculate that the grief they'll take for not doing it is better then what would happen with Joe Biden not being able to conjugate a verb and complete a sentence Then and, and all the problems he has with family members and so on? Everybody's looking at this thing now during the prism of a pandemic. Wait until these Burisma hearings uh, take place. They're, they've been invested. See, the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, the Democrats leak, so you hear stuff, and then it winds up not happening, and so the truth catches up with their lies. Republicans have a pretty good knack for not leaking at all, and then you hear about it after the result. I prefer that style. It's frustrating from a political standpoint, but I prefer that style because I think, number one, it's more responsible, and number two, until you really have something concrete, you don't want to do what what, um, Schiff did for three and a half years and say, I've seen what you can't see. I've seen the evidence. Our president is a criminal. Our president colluded with Russia. And then, of course, every single person... Under oath, Comey, Brennan, Clapper, Rice, um, I'm leaving out a few, I'm sure. They all testify there was no collusion. So they lie to the American people like a rug, and then 
they tell the truth when they're under oath. And the media, of course, is in their corner, so they don't really point this out very often. But what I said is true. What I would like to say is uh, it would be awfully nice if another uh, retired FBI agent could call in and express what he thought he saw when Biden was being questioned by a friendly guy, Stephanopoulos. There you go. I watched that interview very closely for the signs. Biden is not comfortable. He's not well-equipped intellectually or mentally to tell a big lie. He stumbles. His eyes go in the wrong direction. He, he mumbles. Uh, he gets confused. And that's just one example. Yeah, when, he, when Stephanopoulos came back at him, and that's a friendly guy, he says, oh, I didn't, I didn't know what you... And, and here's the other thing. He gets angry. That's also a symptom of one of these sad maladies that happens to certain people at a certain age. Uh, his anger, out of nowhere, just he gets crazy, and you see the face. And he gets angry when he can't think of what he really wants to say. So, yeah, this is true. This is why what Gary said is not completely, I can't discount it completely, but I just know it would be better for President Trump because then he has no risk because it would be clear he wanted to debate. He would just destroy Biden. This guy is so bad, America, that he can't even debate me. What challenger do you ever see that doesn't want to debate the, in, the incumbent president? They're usually begging for one debate in every state. I want 50 debates, and in the territories as well. Oh, it would be a field day, Craig. And I think for those reasons, it won't happen. Time for one more call for Gary. You're on the air. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Joe Biden Joe Biden debates which shoe goes on which. Jimmy, get closer to your mouthpiece. I, I'm sorry. Am, am I okay now? It's better. Go ahead. We can hear you. Okay. Well, um, first of all, I'm just so happy that there's a um, a new whistleblower. I was worried that we weren't going to have any more, yeah, yeah. and now we have a new whistleblower. And, Jimmy, did you see the way the media stopped? I tell you, I thought it was so disrespectful. The, the Fox, This is Fox News, so you can imagine what the Democrat media did with it. Fox News is interviewing Kelly McEnany. They interrupt her to go to that fool that um, is getting paid, and they're saying all kinds of things about him not working and... And, and other derogatory things, that, that that is somehow important that he says that we're in for the darkest winter we've ever had. Who the hell is this guy that we stopped the presses, the press secretary to the president of the United States, and they go to that fool testifying? Um, just another member to the clown car. Yeah. That's all it is. He's an idiot. Um, and and. And I would like to hear Gary's reaction to this. Hi, Gary. Um, yeah. Let's let's kick Ray out hmm. and put the general in his place. We ha what kind of a FBI director do you think General Flynn would make? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on his radar screen if he became director of the FBI. <laughs> but, but, but look, it, uh, it's an interesting idea. However, uh, things are too interesting as it stands right now. Another major flap. For uh, for Donald Trump to try to weather through now, we yeah. don't need anything more. The, look, the election is closer than we think. Yeah, closer than we. We don't have time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. We need a calm playing field right now, and with Trump trying to get the economy back and and succeeding in in some ways, uh, the governors, a lot of governors seem to love it. 
They think he's wonderful, and uh, they're saying <laughs> that a lot of them are Democrats. So let's just keep it going the way it's going. I think it's perfectly fine the way it's going. Um, but that virus is going to follow us all the way up to the election. It's going to make major changes in the way things are done. Yeah. Mark my word. Yeah, true. Well, hey, look, we might be an all-vote-by-mail country. A lot of changes could happen. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Gary. It would be nice if we could keep a nice level playing field, but it's not going to happen anyway. So you might as well just throw more salt in the wound because, <laughs> again, they'll, they'll, just, they'll just grab another... Yeah, that, but I'm with Gary on this. That would be very much a distraction. He's what I would call unconfirmable. He would not be able to get even the 50 votes that you would need from the Republicans. He would get not a single vote from any Democrat. It would reopen everything. They would then, because he's a nominee, they would be talking about him lying to Pence and and pleading guilty. Jimmy, your heart is in the right place but we have to start for the next five and a half months only thinking with our minds because there's no there's no good to come from that. He would not be confirmed, and it would be a disaster from a PR standpoint. Yep. Can I do Sorry, a quick Jimmy. America story? Yeah, go. America the band, Gary. I interviewed the authorized biographer. I had the first interview in the, in the country and the world with her. Go ahead, Jimmy. Okay, so it's, it's 69, 70, 71, I can remember. They're up in Drew University in Morris County. My friends and I developed a way to get into a concert without paying. We walked in backwards. And if you're, not, if you're facing the correct direction, everyone's leaving, you can just go into places. We got away with it. We're stuck in a hallway. We didn't know where to go. A door opens up, and a bunch of long-haired guys come out and hand us guitars. Oh my God! We walked the guitar. We, we followed them. We walked the guitars down a hallway, went through another door. It was the backstage door, and we handed them back to a group of guys. It was America. It must have been one of their early day concerts. And you, and and uh, Jimmy, you saw them when they were a trio with Jerry Beckley, Dewey Bunnell, and Dan Peake. So you saw them at the the, the beginning of their career for free. Oh. <laughs> I got to tell you, I've heard a lot of ways that people get in. Uh, Bill Boggs, who's a famous TV guy, talked about he scoped out the old uh, 500 Club in Atlantic City when Sinatra would be there, and he saw exactly what they wore, these black slacks and this certain kind of shirt, and they came dressed like staff, and then they got in and they took the shirt off, and they, they, they had a great time at the Sinatra concert. I never heard of walking in backwards, because if you do that, you look like you're already inside. You just keep. Well, you, here's what, they had two shows in those days. I never heard so of this. When the, early show, when the early show came out, you would get up to the doors to your back and act like you were just looking out. And as the doors opened and people came out, you just took three steps backwards. Yeah, you were because you're in. You're in and you're facing the correct way for already being inside. If you were facing straight, you would be coming in. You look like actually you were potentially going out or already in. Uh, good one, Jimmy. I, I will never try it. Because I don't get away with doing things like that, but I got to tell you, that's um, it's almost diabolical. It's it's ingenious. That's good. That's good. I give you. I'm going to give you uh, style points for that one. I never heard that, and I, I remember I was a casino executive, and I knew, thought I knew every trick in the book of people with somebody else's ticket stub, ticket stubs from an older concert. Uh, hey, my my wife or my so so is in there. Can I just go by? I left my ticket with my wife. I mean, I saw every trick in the book until your routine. Got to go, Jimmy. The music says so. Hey, Gary, uh, what a wonderful visit, and we had a lot of content today. 
Yes, we did cover a lot of material, and uh, it's going to get more interesting as we get closer to the election. Uh, it's true. Every week. Every week there will be many, many new things, as there always are. Thank you, my friend. And, good to uh, be with you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you Very soon. Very good. See you, pal. Take care. You got it. Brian Kilmeade is here. Uh, enjoy the live and local lineup. Tom P. will start things off 5 o'clock tomorrow. John DeMassey, uh, noon, uh, 9 to noon. And then Carmen Murata at 12 noon following uh, John. We'll be back and check us out at WPGTalkRadio.com because anything that's going on, you can keep up with us there as well. News Radio Studios in New York City. Fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. I think I remember the format. I talk now. Geraldo Rivera is going to be on with us this hour. Call Rove, too. You want a guy that's uh, smarter in politics? I don't think you'll find any in the country. And uh, Senator Lindsey Graham will be joining us. He's uh, red hot right now because he is uh, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and he's going to be hauling in uh, James Comey and company and uh, John Brennan, he better go, and Susan Rice, and all those who are unmasking to find out what they were up to, what they really thought was happening as they transitioned to the Trump team. Uh, they like to say now... I think it's almost comical. They say on CNN and MSNBC, why is Fox obsessed with Russia? Why is the president looking to distract? Are you kidding me? If this came, if there was no pandemic, this is something we've been waiting to get on the other side of this issue for three years. And finally, the president's beginning to get answers and no longer the Mueller report rumors that produces what we saw, which was anything but collusion which, by the way, James Clapper admitted to, too, anything but collusion uh, between the Trump team and Vladimir Putin. Now that it's gone the president's direction, uh, you have CNN saying, I cannot believe how Fox is obsessed with this story. Please, big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. California and New York, Illinois, and a bunch of other blue states, they're all in on the lockdown. The folks who are in swing states, not as much. That's where you're seeing the disparity in the numbers where Biden has a national lead, but he's losing in the battleground states. Oh, uh, very interesting. Real clear politics, Tom Bevin on presidential politics. You got a new CNN poll that shows the president is beating Joe Biden in 15 battleground states. So CNN doesn't even talk about it as the fight to be Joe Biden's VP uh, has another contender say, please pick me. It's Susan Rice. I'll continue. Number two. Does this go potentially all the way up to President Obama at the time? Biden and other people like Samantha Powers and Susan Rice being very close to the president, being involved in this, it looks suspicious. Uh, unmasking the mess and state of the fight for Flynn as the president demands President Obama finally answer some questions. I don't think that's likely. Number one. These protests make it likelier that we're going to have to stay in a stay-home posture. They need to understand the consequences of their cowardly okay. act. They are engaging in behavior that is both selfish and unsafe. Uh, the race to open. That was Governor Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania. Responsibly. One more city loosens restrictions while Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan lag and protests rise. We will travel the nation to see if our leaders really know what's at stake when they choose to shelter in place. 
Joining us now, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo, the presidential race is kind of heating up as both sides cannot do the traditional campaigning. And Joe Biden tries to get on the other side of the masking mess. How's he doing? Well, I think that he's having a very difficult time, Brian. How are you doing? Uh, it's uh, embarrassing and hard to watch Joe Biden struggling uh, in from his basement uh, bunker to not just communicate with the American people. Uh, I think that is uh, obviously the, uh, uh, the the big issue. But the fact of the matter, the nuts and bolts of it is that he does not seem to be able to put two sentences together. It doesn't seem to me that he's able to uh, give a paragraph to the American people that makes sense. Uh, the the uh, examples you had this morning on Fox and Friends, I mean, he became so befuddled. He, he lost his train of thought. He mixed up the unemployment statistic with the number of... Hey, do you want to hear it? And, yeah, sure. We're, 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 yeah, well, we're, we're, it's a, we're in the middle of a pandemic that had cost us more than 85,000 jobs as of today. Lives of millions of people, millions of people, millions of jobs. What have we learned? What have, what, what have we learned? Is, I, I found it both stunning and heartbreaking. What, you know, uh, um, what's, whomever, what, are the things that people are most concerned about? What, what are you hearing the most? I mean, what's, what's, what, and what keeps you awake at night? What the hell does that mean? Uh, yeah, 85,000 I mean, like, jobs like have been lost? It's, it's like grandpa telling you what he did in the war. Uh, you know, you just, uh, you're trying to, like, uh, we, we lost 85,000 jobs. We lost Almost 3 million people file for unemployment. 36.5 million total are unemployed right now. It has nothing to do with the 85,000 number. That's the number of, of uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, dead Americans due to COVID-19. Uh, it just, uh, you know, he's so baffled, it, it seems. It, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's the matter with him. I, I, I think that... I resisted going down that road for an awfully long time, but I, I really do believe that you know he's not going to get sharper as uh, as the campaign gruels on and he gets out of the basement. I, I think that his ability to communicate uh, and the uh, you know the the apparent uh, befuddlement that has uh, befallen him, I, I think, uh, is a, a real mortal threat to the Biden candidacy, Brian. Uh, Geraldo Rivera, you are 100% right. The other thing is he was asked about how he's getting information on the pandemic. He says, I get briefed 90 minutes at least every day, every day. And they go, by who? He goes, could not remember anybody's name that was briefing him. Number one, it means it's not true. Or number two, the fact that he doesn't remember anybody's name is a little crazy. The other thing we is he has... Uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you mentioned uh, General Flynn and unmasking. I mean, Joe Biden seems to be in the middle of that also. Why was Joe Biden asking General Flynn to be unmasked? What was the outgoing vice president with less than two weeks to serve? What was he doing getting involved in, uh, in, in this? It's like a full court fraternity sorority press to get uh, General Flynn before 
the deadline was up on uh, January 20th when he got inaugurated. Uh, it just uh, it just seems to me that the there's going to be hell to pay at a time when people can finally concentrate on what's going on. Uh, right now, we're all distracted and uh, you know righteously so by this awful epidemic. But uh, at some point, America is going to emerge from this cocoon and say, uh, Joe Biden, really? That's what I think, anyway, Brian. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes the vice presidential pick one of the most critical picks in the history of American, modern American politics. As Stacey Abrams says, I want it badly. And Susan Rice said the same thing yesterday. I'd like to have it. And, you know, say Klobuchar is auditioning every day. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren, too, because they know they're not going to be an accessory. They'll be a main cog. Now, you have a great analytical mind. And a lot of it has to do with your legal background and your investigative skills. So I'm just going to throw some things at you and tell me if it makes sense. Maybe the answer I don't know. John Brennan made two requests to unmask uh, to, uh, Michael Flynn on December 14th and 15th. Comey made one on December 15th. January 5th, uh, the chief of staff for President Obama, McDonough, made a request. January 12th was Biden's. Samantha Powers' request began on, Jan on, on November 30th, and her, his, her last one of seven was January 11th. Clapper had uh, three requests, too, from December 2nd to January 7th. Why? Why the redundancy? I mean, is it that? E I mean, are they entertaining themselves with a great, uh, a great conspiracy? Are they not communicating with each other? Why all this redundancy of unmasking of the same person? A great question. To me, Brian, it spells out uh, an obscene eagerness to do something malicious to the incoming Trump administration. There was contempt. The Obama team, also educated, also sophisticated, also elite, uh, also confident that they are on the side of justice and right in America. They felt that they could do anything they wanted. To Trump was beneath contempt. Uh, they were going to do their best to muck him up. Uh, you know, going back to the uh, the Strook and Lisa Page uh, memos, you saw what the prevailing attitude was in the highest levels of the FBI, the Department of Justice, and in the uh, the so-called deep state. I really believe that they felt they could do anything and everything. They saw the Flynn case as an example. Well, maybe I can get my hook into it. Maybe I'll give this my spin. Maybe this gets me my mention on the front page of the New York Times. I, I really do believe It'll take time, and we've got a you know a, a, a big fish to fry. In the meantime, this COVID nineteen epidemic, we've got to get it under control. But it will come. And they they pushed the rock up the hill to get Trump, but they didn't quite make it. Now that rock's rolling back on them, and it's going to be ugly. I think this unmasking episode will be one of many. You'll see what they did, in my opinion. You'll find what they did in the, from the summer of 2016 until January 2017 is going to be an obscene trail of malevolence directed at destroying uh, the 45th president's uh, term in office, Brian. I remember when we had that election mess, I had to really find out what happens when things like Florida happens and the ballots didn't work, uh, you know, in the Electoral College, and all of a sudden some of the electors started defecting. And I thought, well, what are the rules here? Now I'm learning so much about the law because there's so much unprecedented with the Michael Flynn case. First is Emmett Sullivan decides, I'm going to get a retired attorney to analyze whether we really should prosecute Michael Flynn for his previous pleas, uh, for a previous deal he cut. Uh, claiming he lied to the FBI. And then this story popped up. 
Michael Flynn's fired lawyers just filed court papers to reappear in the case. So Covington, which has happened to be Covington, Burlington, which happens to be the place where Eric Holder works to and where Emmett Sullivan used to work and is best friends with Eric Holder and he's the providing, uh, presiding judge. Uh, yes, it turns out that both Robert Kellner and Stephen Anthony, uh, who told Flynn to plead guilty to charges they led to the FBI, and then they got fired because Flynn realized he didn't get the best legal advice and they hired Sidney Powell. The new attorneys immediately accused Flynn's previous legal team of ineffective assistance, and now they want their say in court. Please tell well, me this makes sense to you. It, 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 it makes sense in a, in a slapdash way. But the the bottom line, Brian, is that they saw Flynn as a vulnerable target in the inner sanctum of the Trump camp. Remember, Trump almost got himself in trouble after this all started coming down by going to James Comey directly and very awkwardly and suggesting to Comey, hey, man, can we make this go away? Now, you and I can say something like that in our dealings, uh, you know, in, uh, in trivial life. But you can't go to the FBI director and say, uh, call off an FBI investigation into my national security advisor. We know now that it was a, a Trump did trap. That. We know now that they were trying to get him, that they, were, that they, that they had uh, evil intent. We know that now. But at the time, I, I think the President of the United States came very close to getting to falling into the trap that they were setting for Flynn, and they were salivating at the prospect of bringing down Donald Trump. But, but you know, Bill Barr, to me, is, is the dominant personality, and, and, the, and the, you know, history will write special kind of courage. The attorney general, the much maligned attorney general, he did, he said two things. He said, first, the miracle is that Donald Trump was able to function at all during this period, given the fact that he couldn't trust anybody in that building, that everybody in that building was jumping, you know, rats deserting the, the seemingly sinking ship. He had everything else going on, and this Russia, Russia, Russia thing, pounding, pounding, and all the rest of what happened is president. He had Iran and, uh, you know, the other, yeah. uh, he had China, he had a million, uh, he had uh, uh, Russia, he had a million things going on, and not knowing not knowing that even his national security advisor had been, uh, you know, they were trying to get him to cooperate, to turn. He didn't know who to trust Trump. The miracle is that he survived it. And I, the other thing is you can draw a straight line from Flynn and the unmasking to impeachment three years later. Yep. The impeachment started when Trump was elected it consummated itself in January, February of, of this year, but this, it's a straight line. They tried everything to create constitutional crises, to get Trump thrown out of office, to undo the election, and as alarming and as conspiratorial as all that sounds, um, I believe mm -hmm. firmly that there's a sound historic basis for these uh, charges, Brian. Yeah, and just keep in mind, if there's no Mueller report, 
Trump has a better chance of keeping the House, or Republicans have a better chance of keeping the House. Instead, it looks like he got there for corrupt means, colluding with Russia in order to do it, or at least created doubt and independence and undecideds. And then all of a sudden you have an impeachment, which is carried over through the holidays, which at one time, if you can just... Logic tells you they weren't focusing as much on the future pandemic when they're focused on their utter, their utter survival. Uh, that had sidetracked the administration just like the, the Lewinsky situation sidetracked Clinton when it came to bin Laden. Um, and we all pay the price for it. Geraldo, uh, thanks so much. We didn't much. even get a pen from Nancy Pelosi when she was handing out her pens. <laughs> yeah, although it was a solemn moment. I was very solemn. Very uh, thank you, Geraldo. Very solid. Yeah. Thank you. you got it. 1-866-408-7669. I'll take your calls when we get back. Then we go to Carl Rove, one of the best in the business, and we end with uh, the newsmaker right now in Washington that everybody wants to talk to, and that is Lindsey Graham. But we got him. Don't go anywhere. Brian Kilmeade will be right back. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. If you have not tried Super Beach Soft Chews, you are missing out. Super Beach Soft Chews are a delicious snack you can take on the go and support your heart health. Yep, Super Beach Chews combine non-GMO beets with a powerful new ingredient. It's called grapeseed extract. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beach Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective as supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. How great is that? Better blood pressure means more energy, the way nature intended it to be, without the jittery caffeine or stimulants. Now you can take just two delicious chews a day, anytime, anywhere, to get the blood pressure support you need and the energy you want. Do what I did and support your heart health with delicious Super Beats Chews. Get your Super Beats Chews today at BrianSpeeds.com. And when you buy two bags, they'll throw in the third for free. That's BrianSpeeds.com. Get a free bag of Super Beats Soft Chews when you purchase two. BrianSpeeds.com. Super Beats Chews. Get your Super Beats Chews today. BrianSpeeds.com. The last few months have taught us what's important in life. It's also taught us what we need to eliminate or change. It's the same for business. What are the changes you need to make? Do you have a hairball of multiple software systems when you could streamline with one? All you need is NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need, all in one place, so you save time, money, and headaches. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite gives you visibility and control so you can manage every penny with precision. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. Receive your free guide, Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash open. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash open, netsuite.com slash open. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first, have you ever Googled yourself? Many people admit to keeping an eye on their online reputation and to using the Internet to look up someone from their past. Google and Facebook are just a start when it comes to finding public records. An innovative new website called Truth Finder can reveal a full scoop on millions of Americans. So please go to truthfinder.com forward slash bill right now to start searching. 
That's truthfinder.com forward slash bill. On this Friday, I am mulling over exactly why America is in trouble. Number one, of course, we are being attacked by a vicious virus that is not only killing our countrymen, but also financially wiping out millions of U.S. citizens. In the face of that, you'd think the country would unite and defend, as we did after Pearl Harbor and 9-11. But no, we remain as divided as ever. The media fuels that division with partisan reporting and dishonest presentation. The truth is that some anti-Trump people, including many in the national press, believe the president is worse than the pandemic. Therefore, instead of finding ways to open the economy, the shutdown is embraced in the name of public safety. If the economy stays moribund during the summer, the political strategy goes, it's hello President Biden come November. In the meantime, damage mounts on all fronts. But playing with lives and livelihoods is very risky. Democrats are now branded as the party of lockdown. We saw this week in Wisconsin and in California, two congresspeople, Republicans, elected in California. That never happens. And this district was north of Los Angeles. So voters clearly understand who's trying to open up the economy and who isn't. Backlash, anyone? Now this. Protect yourself and your family with high-quality face masks from Boomer Naturals. They are lab-verified to give 92.2% antibacterial protection and are available in adult and child sizes. Boomer Natural face masks are made for use up to 30 days when you hand-wash them between uses. So please order your masks now at BoomerNaturals.com. Use code BILL20 at checkout to save 20%. Plus, you'll get free shipping on any order over $50. Use BILL20 at BoomerNaturals.com. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me weekday evenings at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. so busy he'll make your head spin it's brian kilmeade i'm not and i i have a i have a uh, like all you but every day i have between an hour and an hour and a half a brief with um uh the former head of the, our former surgeon general anyway with docs across the country wow When asked, what do you do to get the latest information on the pandemic? That was Joe Biden's response. He could not remember their name. He knows he gets an hour and a half briefing from him. Um, He did not have a good day yesterday. And his answer, as it has to do with the unmasking, is really unacceptable. He totally ducks it and said, I had nothing to do with it. But there was no follow-up with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Maybe he didn't want the answer. Then why did you ask to unmask the phone call then? So that's... uh, he said, I had nothing to do with the investigation. Well, one of the last things you did before you left is ask to unmask the phone call. What was your curiosity? And if you don't remember, if you don't remember, then you really are ill-equipped to be president of the United States. Cut 31. Mr. Vice President, what was your involvement in the investigation uh, of Michael Flynn and the FBI investigation of Michael Flynn? 
I was never a part or had any knowledge of any in criminal investigation into Flynn while I was in office, period. Not one single time. It's not right. Of course you are. WNIS is where we find Michael. Hey, Michael, you're in Virginia Beach. What's on your mind? Real quick. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, I want to put you uh, in the same category as uh, Jim Bohannon for being willing to take hostile callers to uh, your guest position. Uh, the FBI Director Comey was uh, yep. a month late, uh, a month behind the CIA Director and the DNI in uh, asking to unmask the man who was uh, the top aide of... Uh, the president's son-in-law in, -law in uh, working a $450 million deal in Turkey. So the reason he has now changed his plea is can only be two. One, he's been guaranteed Michael Flynn? a pardon. Michael Flynn is not the, not the chief of staff of the brother-in-law. What are you talking about? Michael Flynn on a side job work with Turkey. It didn't look like the best deal he ever cut, but that was his consulting firm. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. There have been a couple of times I've gone to the grocery store and people are crammed in there. You're telling me that a restaurant that has, let's say, 20 tables, they're only seating five tables at a time, you got to make a reservation. You're telling me that's more dangerous than going to Walmart right now? No way. No, that's it's ridiculous to, to right. think that. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you're just trying to take common sense to apply it. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins, weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. News. I'm Chris Foster. Guidelines on reopenings during the coronavirus outbreak are published by the Centers for Disease Control. They're shorter and less detailed than the ones originally written and shelved by the Trump administration. They come in the form of brief checklists and separate one-page documents to help schools, workplaces, camps, child care programs, mass transit systems, bars and restaurants as they try to reopen. Fox's Todd Pyro. The House votes today on a new coronavirus stimulus bill opposed by the president and on voting by proxy. The measure would permit House lawmakers to stand in for others during votes and allow hearings to be held remotely. If the plan passes, it would be temporary and would be reviewed after 45 days. Republicans generally oppose proxy voting, arguing it centralizes power and that the House should be in session during the crisis. Fox's Rachel Sutherland. America's listening to Fox News. Governor Phil Murphy is announcing a series of coronavirus-related restrictions when allowing beaches to reopen in time for Memorial Day weekend. He says shore communities must limit the number of folks on the beach to allow for social distancing. Contact sports will be prohibited, as will beach recreational summer camps and special events that draw people to the beach, such as concerts, festivals, or fireworks. Swimming will be allowed. Bathrooms and changing areas will be open. Some non-essential businesses can partially reopen in New Jersey starting Monday morning. Murphy gave the green light earlier this week for retail businesses to do curbside pickup and construction companies to start again. Murphy is hinting he might allow elective surgeries to resume soon. 
Parks and playgrounds in Egg Harbor Township are set to reopen tomorrow with restrictions. Visitors must practice social distancing, cover their faces, and sanitize any surfaces that they or their children may touch. Also, no more than 10 people can use a court field or playground at one time. And a South Jersey high school plans to hand-deliver diplomas to all 1,650 graduating seniors. Officials with the Lenape Regional High School District say someone will come to each student's door on June 16th, the original graduation date, and give them a diploma along with a personal recognition of accomplishment. The district in Burlington County also has a traditional graduation ceremony planned in July if social distancing restrictions permit. In the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Newsroom, I'm Kristen Marks. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks opened lower. The Trump administration has announced new restrictions on Chinese telecom business, Huawei Technologies. The latest report on retail sales confirms what we know. Many stores and restaurants were closed last month, resulting in a deep decline in spending. The 16.4% drop is even steeper than expected. The only category with an improvement was online shopping, which rose 8.4%. Also, industrial production declined 11 7.2% in April. Apple is buying virtual reality streaming company Next VR. It's not revealing what it paid for the company, which streams programming from the NBA, NHL, and others. Apple's major supplier, Foxconn Technology, is reporting earnings down 90% in its recent quarter from a year ago. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola. Invested in you. Okay, you know how it feels when you've saved enough for that long-awaited home edition? Now imagine an edition on that edition. That's the feeling with Capital One, where a new savings account earns an interest rate five times the national average. That's right, five times, as represented by five times more singers. This is banking reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Rate comparison based on FDIC national rate. Capital One NA member FDIC. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Breezy and much warmer today. Sunny to partly cloudy. High 85, but cooler along the shore in the 70s. Tonight, cloudy and mild with a shower. Low 66. Nice tomorrow with clouds and sun. High 75. Sunday, cloudy to partly sunny with a shower. High 63. I'm AccuWeather's Brian May on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmead, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Information you want, truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmead Show. The fact that there is no precedent that anybody can find or someone who's been charged with perjury just getting off scot-free that's the kind of stuff where you you begin to get worried that basic not just institutional norms but our basic understanding of, of rule of law is uh is a risk I'm not buying it, and I'm not buying that he's buying it. Either is Carl Rove, former deputy chief of staff, senior advisor to President George W. Bush, Fox News contributor, just wrote an article for the a column for the Wall Street Journal talking about President Obama and trying to rationalize people into what type of president he was. I'm not saying he's not charismatic and a good speaker, but, man, he was a divider. And seven out of every ten Americans believed it. Carl, 
What were your thoughts when you heard, I know you had an idea for a column after that, when you heard President Obama express that type of befuddlement on what Department of Justice, on what the AG did? Well, it, it, it immediately struck me he had a lack of self-awareness. I mean, here he is lecturing us about the rule of law uh, and saying that uh, dropping the charges against Flynn means, you know, we, that, we were, that Trump was undermining the rule of law. Bob Barr, the, Bill Barr, the, the attorney general, was doing so as well. And, and yet, I mean, think about it. it, it read any, Anybody who doubts this, go read online the 20-page motion by the government. First of all, they point out that, that the charge, quote, requires a statement to not to be not simply false, but materially false with respect to a matter under investigation. And what happened in this instance was, in December of 2016, the FBI found no evidence whatsoever that Flynn was involved with collusion with Russia, and they, they, they prepared the paperwork to formally end what was called the Razor investigation, the investigation of Flynn. They filed it. They they prepared it during the during the Christmas holidays, and then failed to file it. And so, in early January, Peter Strzok finds out that they haven't yet filed the paperwork. He goes to quote the seventh floor, meaning to Cuomo, and says, "We still want to enter. I still want to interview Flynn, don't you?" And so he then texts his his lover, Lisa Page, and says, "The incompetence of our department has saved us. I got permission from the seventh floor to go after uh, Flynn." And then Comey tells the president of the United States that they intend to interview Flynn without, and tells him that he has not informed his superior, the acting attorney general of the United States, Sally Yates, of this. I mean, talk about the rule of law. There's the FBI director briefing the president on, on the uh, interview, on an FBI interview of the incoming president's national security advisor and telling him, we haven't brought Sally Yates into this. I haven't told my boss that I intend to do this. That is in violation of the rules and procedures of the FBI and the Department of Justice. And then they literally notify, they literally notify Sally Yates as the agents are en route to the White House to interview Flynn on the 24th of January after the president, new president just been sworn in. And again, in violation of procedures. She says, I've got concerns about this. And they say, too late. They're en route. We can't stop them. Then, to me, this is just astonishing. When you're interviewed by the FBI, generally by two agents, they take notes. They then take those notes and put them in what's called a 302, a report on their interrogation of their interview with you. Normally, those things get completed within a couple of days and turned in within three or four days and made an official part of the file. In this instance, the 302 on this is being, we now know after the investigation by the U.S. Attorney from the Eastern District of Missouri, that it takes five weeks for them to turn in the 302, and it is being heavily edited by Peter Strzok and by Lisa Page, who was nowhere near that interview. And the original notes from the interview have been lost. The original draft of the 302 is lost. The only thing the government was able to provide was a 302 that was prepared by Strzok and Page five weeks later. And during that period of time, Strzok writes an email to Page saying, well, I hope we, we're, we're trying to make it as, you know, as, as, as in conformity to the original interview as possible. But talk about a violation of the rule of law. And now we're being lectured by President Obama, who's apparently been aware of parts of this, and he's lecturing the Trump administration and Attorney General Bill Barr on the rule of law after participating in this. Anyway, sorry to get hyperventilated about it. No, I mean, you, you have it down, uh, Pat. So let me ask something about the unmasking. 
You know, the first time we really heard unmasking to the general population, not so much like an insider like you, was when this whole thing was happening with Michael Flynn and Kislyak and things like that. And I was surprised to see the Office of National Intelligence reported that in 2019, Trump asked for 10,000 unmasking requests, 16,000 in 2018, 9,500 in 2017. So unmasking seems to be a regular request. What I don't understand is the redundancy. Why does Samantha uh, Power need seven requests? Why does Biden request an unmasking a week after uh, the chief of staff of the president of the United States? Why the redundancy of the request? What's happening here? Well, actually, you know, first of all, we're looking at the wrong thing. Yes, the unmasking, there are a lot of unmaskings. It is routine. And remember, what's happening is the same intelligence document is being sent to a number of people throughout the administration. And some of them may say, I want to know who that name is. And some of them may say, I don't really need to know who that name is. But they're all entitled to unmask. They're entitled to make a request to say, I, you, you, you mentioned a source. I want to know who that source is. And my security classification gives me the ability to ask for it. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that somebody received that information and proceeded to give it to David Ignatius of the Washington Post. And that happened the day that Joe Biden's office requested the unmasking information. Now, I'm not saying he did it. It may just be a coincidence, but that's the real violation. Somebody had the authority under the laws of the United States to ask for somebody to, to, for a source to be unmasked. That means they were a high-ranking official with a high degree of, of security classification, and that they violated the law because the law says you can't share that information with people who do not have the same security clearance. They shared it with David Ignatius of the Washington Post, who proceeded to to uh, print it. So the leak is what is the problem here. Somebody violated the laws of the United States and the oath they took to uphold the laws of the United States by taking classified information and leaking it to the Washington Post. That's the problem, not the unmasking itself. Sure, there are routinely, I mean, I'm not surprised by those numbers under President Trump, and I wouldn't be surprised by those same numbers under President Obama. But think about this. In 2017, of the 10,000 or so uh, 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 request 10,000 plus requests for unmasking. How many of them end up getting leaked to the Washington Post? Well, we know one, and whoever did that violated the law and ought to be found out, charged, and prosecuted. And uh, the other thing is, what, how to get out? And then, why was there such an offensive? Did they really think that Trump sold out our country to Russia? Or were they just trying to hamstring an administration that was going to undo everything that they did, which, by the way, they've done? Um, real quick, your well, answer I, to that? Yeah, I, I don't know. But in either instance, somebody violated the law. And in either instance, gotcha. they were acting in a way that is against the interests of the United States of America and trying to make the transition of power from one administration to another more problematic for the incoming administration. That, that is a shameful moment in, in, in our country's history. Carl Rove, always great having you on. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. You too, buddy. You got it. And uh, Carl Rove, a big help. Sam Houston, the Alamo Avengers, is now out. Um, it is on paperback, and I included Sam Houston's interaction with Lincoln on the eve of the Civil War. But when we come back, the newsmaker of the time, the, probably the, uh, the number one interview in Washington right now, not named President Trump, Senator Lindsey Graham, live. It's Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
Our friends at Shopmany have extended their amazing Mother's Day sale one more week for all those special people in our world. Right now, you'll get the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment at a discount never offered before. GenuCell will double your order free only for a limited time. Whether you're staying home, going back to work, or simply connecting remotely with your loved ones and coworkers, now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness dark spots, crow's feet, and even firm up the delicate skin under the jawline neck area. Your next Zoom or FaceTime will feel better, guaranteed. I'm telling you right now, I've never had a product that I recommended to people where more people call me up and thank me for doing it. That's what happens with Chamonix. You'll get compliments for simply living or you get 100% of your money back. Order GenuCell extended Mother's Day special now and get double your order for free. So this is what I want you to do. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-SKIN-860. And for results in minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects also free plus shipping. Limited time only. Get double your order free now. GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Restrictions may apply. Plans and cost of coverage may vary. Call Protect My Car for details. In these hard economic times, you've got to do whatever you can to save money. One of our biggest expenses can be our cars, especially when unexpected repair bills hit. Not anymore. If you do own a car, truck, or SUV made from $19.99 or higher, you could stop paying for car repairs. That's right. You might not have to pay a penny to have it repaired. Just dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone now to see if you qualify. You must have an automobile made from $19.99 or higher, and all repairs for your engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone today and get your car protected before your next repair bill hits. That's right, total protection for your car and no more repair bills. Just dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone now to see if your car qualifies. That's star star 1249. Never pay for car repairs again. Just dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone now. Dial star star 1249. 